This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, dear radio friends. How in the world are you? Yes, this is your friend Bob Cook, and we're back once again together. Hallelujah for that privilege. I'm so grateful that you're there and that I have the privilege of speaking with you day by day. And we're looking at 1 Thessalonians 1. And Paul has been saying, you became followers of us and of the Lord, and then other people became followers of you, and your faith sounded out throughout all Macedonia and Achaia. In every place, your faith to Godward is spread abroad. So we don't need to say anything about you. You don't need somebody to promote your faith if it's real. The word gets around if you are real with God. Now we go on. He said, they, that is the people who hear about you, show of us what manner of entering we had to you and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivered us from the wrath to come. It's quite a mouthful there, and we won't get through it in this broadcast for sure, but we'll start, won't we? He said, They show what manner of entering in we had unto you. Now, preacher, never be content unless somebody is turning to God in some way because you gave out the word. What manner of entering in we had. In other words, what kind of a ministry we had with you people at Thessalonica. What happened? You turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Never be satisfied merely with with saying something pleasant or with say, I I gave them the truth. Well, of course you did. Most ministers intend to preach the truth of God. There may be a few who specialize in, in book reviews and whose theology is tied to the philosophy of tentativeness or whatever seems right at the time and all that. But most ministers, and many of you are my dear friends, I know you, want to preach the truth of God from his inerrant, inspired word, the Bible. So keep on, but never be satisfied unless something happens when you preach. Preach for a verdict. He said, when I came into you, you turned. Does that mean you give an invitation at every service? Well, it might be a good idea. I was interim pastor for a little while at Calvary Baptist Church in New York City, and I told the dear friends there, I said, now, if you got Bob Cook, you're going to have a gospel invitation. And so morning and evening, whenever I preached, I gave a gospel invitation, and people came and were saved, and backsliders were restored, and Christians were helped, and all of that. So it might be a good idea. I don't know. You have to, you have to tell what kind of a congregation you have. If you're preaching to, to, to farm folk, for instance, you have the same people in the congregation every time. And uh, so unless you go out and win some souls and have them ready to confess Christ publicly when you give the invitation, you're going to find that it gets a little tiresome if you have the same people all the time. So you'll have to be guided in what you do. The point is, <clears throat> unless folk are perceptibly turning in their attitudes and conduct as a result of the Word of God— You didn't get any mileage out of it. Will you remember that, preacher? Unless, and Sunday school teacher as well, missionary, 
mission worker, whatever, unless people are perceptibly turning to God in some way as a result of your presentation of the word, you didn't get any mileage out of that at all. All right? Now, that may be a little rough. If it is, forgive me. But I feel so deeply about it. We're not called to dialogue and we're not called to be orators. We're called to give the word of God out in power. Aren't we? Okay. He said our entering into you was like this. You turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven. To God from idols to serve and to wait. This is a as a beautiful formula that uh, involves what happens when one becomes a Christian and starts the Christian life. The first is you turn Godward. It also involves repentance. You turn away from sin. You turn to God from idols. I think I may have been the first person back in the early 1940s to have used the term easy believism. I don't believe I had heard it anywhere before that time. By that I meant the idea of professing Christ without really repenting of sins and forsaking them and going God's way. Now there's room for the occasional slippage of one's life because we're human beings. But uh, John says in his first epistle, epistle, he that is born of God does not practice sin. And so that's the line that God draws. And you and I have to live by it. You turn to God from idols. You don't worship God on Sunday and then go back to your idols on Monday. It doesn't work that way. Turn to God from idols. I often quote that, that verse from a song, The dearest idol I have known, whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. There may be areas in our lives, very frequently are, where we are protective of something that we are unwilling to expose to the merciless glare of God's truth. And we say, no, not that, not that room, not that corner, not that closet, not that sealed package, not that. But turning to God involves letting his light shine. He that is of God we read in John 3, cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. Let the light shine. If we walk in the light, John says, as he, Christ, is in the light, we then have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, keeps on cleansing us from all sin. Walk in the light. Let God shine the light in. Turn to God from idols. Is there any... Is there any idle somewhere. One of the saddest verses in the Old Testament is they feared the Lord and served their own gods. The combination of the worship of Jehovah and then the casual idolatry of the culture which had crept in from around them. They feared the Lord and served their own gods. Oh boy. Well, that's a challenge to me. I'm as much of a human being as you are, maybe more. And every day you and I need to ask the blessed Lord to cleanse our hearts and to tear away from <clears throat> the throne of our lives anything that would take precedence over his sovereign control of our lives. Let God be sovereign in your life. Let God be God, Paul Rader used to say. 
turned to God from idols. Now, he said, to serve the living and the true God. word serve, you know, is the interesting word that means serve like a slave. Serve like a slave. Duluo. Serve the living and the true God. To wait for his son from heaven. How do you serve God? Well, I think it's very simple. Paul says, Whatsoever therefore you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily, psyched up, excitedly, psyched up. Do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. I've just quoted you Colossians 3:23 and 27. Now, how do you serve God? You start doing what you do for him. That's how you do it. You start doing what you do for him. Huh? That's very simple, isn't it? Well, it may not be quite that simple in practice, but uh, you start it. Colossians 3, 17 and 23. I want to get those, those references right. I gave them wrong a moment ago. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. And whatever you do, do it heartily, psyched up, excited, because you're working for Jesus and not for people. That's the formula. Do what you do for God. Enjoy working for Him, excited, do it in terms not of what you'll get now, but the reward that's coming, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. See, those words living and true are in contrast to the word idols, dead, material. Idols can't speak can't respond. I think of the sadness I've seen in the eyes of people who are worshiping images as I've traveled here and there across the world. Sadness and, and, and despair, praying before an image, hoping that something may change. You sit down and talk with these people and say, do you really believe that that, that, that stone image or that wooden fetish it can hear you. Oh, no, no, no. It's the spirit behind it. And so, actually, what is going on is across the world in many countries, people are praying before images and idols and various types of inanimate objects, and they know that they are trying to be in touch with the spirit world. They're afraid. They're not happy, but they hope that something may happen. It's a life of fear and frustration. How different, how different when you learn to pray to the true and living God, the true, the living and true God. He's alive and he's true. There's no falseness in him, no disappointment in Jesus. Now he said you, you, you turn from your idols to this, this living and true God to serve him. How do you serve him? Well, get down on your knees, listen to his voice, read his word, and then do what you do for him in obedience to the commands he gives you. Is that too simple? 
Well, I took it right out of God's blessed word. That's how it is. Everywhere you touch the lives of people who are, who are uh, written about in the Bible, you'll find them following this simple rule of obedience. At every place there's disobedience, service is marred. Paul talked about, about being careful that we don't give offense, that the ministry be not blamed. What's the ministry? The process of giving God to people through his word and through his blessed Holy Spirit. When I disobey, I hinder the process of communicating God to people in a saving and keeping way. So how do you serve God? Down on your knees, get your heart right, listen to what he says to you in his word, and then start doing what he tells you. He takes care of the rest. Doesn't he? Oh, yes, he does. Turn to God from idols to serve, and then he says, and to wait. That's hard to wait. I'm an impatient sort of a person. I've found myself many times praying something on the order of, Lord, hurry up. <laughs> hard to wait. But he says, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Your service of God is in the light of the fact that Jesus is coming again. I don't hear too much preaching about the second coming. It goes in cycles, I guess. Some years ago there was a lot of it. Now there's not quite so much anymore. But Jesus is coming again, and we're getting down to the end of the age of grace, aren't we? Israel's back in the land, and iniquity is abounding, and the nations are at unrest, and war is everywhere, and so on. Jesus is coming. Lift up your eyes and, and look. He's coming. Get ready and live in a manner that will make you ready. Dear Father, today, oh, may we obey thee, be serving our Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.